Um, so I got a theme to, to speak about something yesterday morning when I went on a walk and uh, worked on it last night and by 11 o'clock last night I realized that the Lord didn't speak to me about that. <laughs> it, it was just something that sort of, it was actually my own prayer that just stirred something in me. And uh, so I went to bed and this morning woke up and the Lord gave me this word. And um, I believe it's, it's relevant and wonderful, um, sort of being confirmed through the things that were said this morning and happened this morning. So what we're busy with, we're busy with the theme, We Are Church. Ne? We are church. We don't go to church. We don't have church. We don't go to an event. Wherever we go, there God is because we are hosting God and we've spent a week on that. I hope you've sort of enjoyed the verses and just the thoughts that I sent to you in the week. Um, and yeah, we'll see. Maybe we can sort of, con- I, I enjoy it, so I continue. we'll continue with that. Um, as the Lord allows and, and provides. Uh, before I married people, when I, I used to marry a lot of people in um, not different, I, I married only to one person. <laughs> but I had the privilege of being a marriage officer in, in South Africa. And so I'd spend time with a lot of young couples who who think that, you know, they found their completion. They found the one that would complete them, that would make things good and make things great for them. And then I have to teach them that you'll only be truly fulfilled if you are whole before you go into the marriage. <laughs> if you are whole by yourself. If you, if you find truth in yourself and know who you are and, and, and the more you are complete the more you can give of yourself and not want something out of marriage. And it's the same with church. And that is why we're spending some time and some weeks on the, the I am, sort of I am kind of statements. What First, before we can, can focus on what we as a body do together and how we are knitted together, I need to go through the process of each one of us coming to the place where we are as whole as possible and as full as possible and, and, ha- and fixed in our identity as possible so that when we come to church, I come to contribute and not to draw something out of somebody. Because that is when you will find your fulfillment, is when you come to pour yourself out in the church. So that is why we're doing this sort of I am things. And last week we, we, we talked about the concept of I am the new Ark of the Covenant. And it's actually funny because Ronnie sent me some stuff in, in the week afterwards that uh, there was, there's actually another church in the U.S. Um, that's sort of doing the same theme. So it is something that is in line with what the Holy Spirit is doing in the global church, of what God is doing in the global church. He wants His church to start functioning again as a body and as a church and moving. And, and, and as we were worshipping, I was thinking so much about... We, we, sang, we sang in this last song that, that he, he loves the, 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 the weak children. And at the same time, I'm singing 
you love the weak, or you, you, what, what type of, like, you, you, the suffering children are safe in your arms, that's it. Ne? And at the same time, the Holy Spirit is telling you, but it's supposed to happen through you. See, we've become a church that is, it's easy for us to put people on our prayer list and pray for them. Say, Lord, please provide for them. Please help them with a place to stay. Please, you know, our prayer lists are long and, and prayer is very important because God, God moves through prayer. And the, the, the scripture says that the prayer of the righteous has a, has a mighty outworking. But at the same time, this world will not know the love of God unless it's through the church. And we won't know the love of God unless it's through each other. What is God's love? That's that, the theme that I actually wanted to talk about, let me reveal that, we'll still talk about it, is that you are the object of God's love. I'll tell you that and then I'll, I'll give you the punchline as well and then we can talk about it one day. But no one will know that they are the object of God's love unless we are the object of each other's love. We need to pour our love out on people. And what is love? <laughs> Not sending a Valentine's card and roses. Love is giving someone what they deserve the least. At great personal cost. That's what Christ did for us. But yeah, this that this this blackboard need to pray for vandaag. So I want us to realize this thing then, that you are restored, and this theme actually came through a few times this morning already. You are restored. I am restored. I've said this many times, you will manifest what you believe. If you keep believing that you are a broken down, trying to make it sinner, trying to be good because that's what's required of you, that will be the level of your life. You will struggle, you will, you will not get away from sin and sinfulness and the power and the works of the flesh. So we need to get this thing right if we want to come and present ourselves as a bearer of God's presence, as a bearer of who He is. We need to realize that God has done something in our lives. He has restored us. So let's go back to the, to the, right, the, the real beginning. Created value. Do you know that you have a created value? What is something's created value? It's what the Creator sees in His heart. Before he makes it. So this, this thing has a purpose that I want to create. And I give it everything it needs for the fulfilling of the purpose. So if it's a, a microwave oven. You build a microwave oven with all the components. With timers. With, with settings. With heat settings. With thermostats. With, with Everything, a plate that goes around and everything you put in there that needs to fulfill the purposes of what it needs to fulfill, you put in there. That's the thing's created value. So now you go and you buy this, I don't know why a microwave, but you go and buy this microwave and you carry it into your home and it falls and it breaks. 
and the value is completely destroyed. You can't use it anymore. But the created value is still the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a created value. And when God looks at you, when God made you, He made you specifically for a purpose. He made you specifically with everything you need, with everything in you, with the mind, with the everything, abilities, everything was in you for this purpose, to represent God. To be like Him to the world. Everything was in you. Everything was in man. That is why you could trust Him and say, have dominion over the earth. Because I know that you will present me, you will think like me, you will do like me, you will, you will love like me, you will rule like me. He said, I bless you, and He gave it to them. He said, there you go. Be like me in this world. Live out your created value. Beetle chariots of fire gekyk. Nee? Wat is dit? Lindell? Wat is van die dude? He says, he makes a statement in the movie. He says, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel God's pleasure. He was living out his created value. He was living out what God put in him. And bringing forth into the world. And we will only really start being fulfilled and start being happy and start being full of life when we start living out our created value. But now the enemy saw that God made us just like him in his image. Ne? Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man in our image. And to be in the image of God is like to look like Him. To bear His resemblance. To, 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 when people look at you, they see who God is. That was what Adam and Eve was like. And then the enemy came on Skinny Yellow Story. They fell to the temptation. And immediately, they were like the microwave that was dropped on the ground. Everything broken. All of a sudden, they could not fulfill the purpose God had for them anymore. They could not represent Him anymore. Because now something came in that does not belong to God. The knowledge of evil. No longer were they holy, for He is holy. They were no longer like Him. And because they were no longer like Him, they could not represent Him. And because they were now not pure as He is pure, His life left them. And He warned them, said, if you take this tree, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And immediately their eyes were opened, the word says. And they became ashamed. Isn't that amazing that the first thing that happens when we are confronted with our weakness and our flesh and, and our humanity, what's the main thing that we live with is shame. And what's the main thing that keeps us from doing what God wants us to do is shame. 
How many people come to church and they want to present God and they want to give a prophetic word and they want to do this, but the enemy sits here and says, yeah, but you can't do that because you... He brings the past. But luckily now we took off the past. And I weet you, I had it and I had For God will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So what did Adam and Eve look like? What was their created value? And the word gives us some very good insight into what God looks like. I mean, just read the whole word and you will, you will know the character of God. Study Jesus Christ, you will know the character of God. But there's some things that's just very, very plain and simple for us to understand. God is love. Ne? So Adam and Eve was love. Imagine that. Let's read 1 Corinthians 13. So God is love. That means Adam and Eve was like this. Patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. Imagine that marriage. Huh? No envy, no strife, no arguing, no having it my way. Just love. Adam and Eve. Let's look at some other scriptures that can tell us what God looks like. Galatians 5. We all know this. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Imagine waking up in the morning and that is who you are. Imagine going to the shops in the morning. Or in the afternoon, at the end of the day when you're tired. But that is who you are. You are patient and you are kind. and You have gentleness. You're gentle and you're full of self-control and full of goodness. Imagine being like that in your home. That was Adam and Eve. Always full of love for each other. Ne? Wie denk jy, as ek wens my man kon so wees, of my vrou kon so wees. That was them. In the image of God, created. That's their created value. Full of God. One John one five says, "This is the message we have heard from Christ, from Him, and proclaim it to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all." That's God. That's His character. In Him there is no evil, no darkness, no thoughts, no motives, nothing about Him that is just a little bit off, or skew, or anything wrong with it. That's how God created man. 
None of the things we see now. Only good. When I mentioned Jesus just now, but when he walked on earth, he was the only one that could completely represent God as man. Because he was not born of the seed of man. Because he was born of the seed of God. Fully God and fully man. But now, say he says, in John 14, says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know created value of man, look at Jesus. If you want to know God, look at Jesus. Study Him. Study how He lived. Study how He reacted to things. Study how He reacted to people doing Him wrong and saying that He's the devil. Study how He had compassion for people in need. Study how He was obedient to every will of the Father above His own will. Study how he laid down his life for those around him. Study how he didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's God. And that is how he made man. Something went very wrong. The image of God completely broken and distorted in man. Sin came and broke the mirror. When we now look in the mirror, we no longer see God. We see flesh. What does that look like? Just to show us the other side as well. In the same passages, just a little bit earlier and later, Galatians 5, 19, 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things or things like these. That's not the image of God. That does not belong to God. That is the brokenness of man. That is what comes when God is removed from man. In Mark 7.20, Jesus says, And He said, What comes out of the person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. And these evil things come from within and they defile a person. What do we see when we look at the world? Do we see the things of God or do we see the things of man? I, um, I talked to someone the other day about, I think it was Kevin, about things, how, how, how this world is just so in your face. I mean, you can't go and, and watch 
anything really these days on Netflix or wherever that does not have these things all over the place being promoted as as good things enjoying life being yourself finding your identity and all that kind of stuff these things do not belong to God and is not what God made us to be it is not in our created value It is a fruit of the distortion. It's a fruit of the sinfulness of man. It's the fruit of the flesh. And these things have no place in the church. These things have no place in the kingdom of God. All of these things, and I put all, there's not eerst moord in, in die type of goed nie. Nee? Wie van ons het al evil thoughts gehad? Of sexual immorality? Of sensuality? Of adultery? Of coveting? Wickedness? Deceit? Wie van ons het al iemand misleid? Jaloers? Envy? So our image was completely, completely distorted by sin. I want us to just see this. I want us to, in our hearts, contrast this. Contrast of what God created, what He had in His mind when He created us, versus what is represented now. Ne? But then light came to the darkness. It does not sing it. God became man. He took on sinful flesh. He took on our weakness. He took on everything that we were, that everything that we have become, He took on. And He restored everything. He took our sinfulness upon Himself and He paid for it and He dealt with it. But now for us to walk in it, something needs to happen on the inside of you. Something needs to happen for you to move and be restored to the image that God created. And that is the thing I believe that our desire needs to be. I don't know about you, but when I read these things, my, like, my, everything in me is like pulling towards, I want to be like the God side of things. <laughs> ne? I want to be like that. There's something inside of me that says, I want to represent that. I want to look like that. I want to walk like that. I want to talk like that. I want when people look at me and, 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 and talk to me, if people spend time with me, I want to be able to say, you've been with me so long, how is it that you don't know the Father? And by Christ, it's possible. It's not a pipe dream. It's not an unattainable thing. He gave us everything we need for that. Ne? But the first thing that needs to happen if we want to move is we want to get rid of the flesh. But we can't get rid of the flesh before we get the new man, the new spirit. We get reborn. 
He's, Jesus said to Nicodemus in, in John 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, recreated. Born again is not just a key word for someone who goes to church. It's not just something that, that, that gets you into heaven. It's like on your, on your heaven pass. Oh, I've got this born again stamp. Can I come in? Someone gave me this. Traktaiki. To be born again means that you are recreated. You are reborn. That, that created image that God made in Adam and Eve has now been put back into you. It's corrected all the junk that has come before. You need to be born again. Unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of spirit, of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Luister <coughs> Religion says that you've got to get this right in your flesh. Religion says that you've got to strive. You've got to do your bit. You've got to do your part. You've got to do your best. You've got to keep the rules. You've got to... That is precies waar het gegaan het. To try and... Fake it. <laughs> Everyone wants to say it till they make it. But you'll never make it. To try and look right. That was Jesus' problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You look right. You look like you're doing everything good. Even you go on the streets and you show everybody. But what comes out of the heart testifies who you really are. Your motives, your things. So Jesus says that's not the way to do it. There's only one way to do it. You have to, to start new. Be recreated, be reborn. And not the flesh, not changing the flesh, but in spirit. The dead spirit removed and the alive spirit of Christ, the spirit of God replaced. His seed, uncorruptible. Nee? 1 Peter is 1. Verse 22 and say, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. What's your obedience to the truth? That's believing the gospel. Believing what Christ has done for you. That's how you can be reborn. Uh, purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again. You can only love with a pure heart when you are born again. It's not possible otherwise. You can't fake this. And you are born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding word of God. Yes, we have to get this.
in the natural a baby cannot be conceived unless the seed is put in the mother. And the same is in the spirit. Unless God has put his seed through the receiving of the word, through the receiving of the gospel, through faith in Jesus Christ, has put seed in me. And me believing what he has done so that it can produce life in me and fruit in me. Yes, I... Many many have come to church and played the part and done what they're supposed to do, followed the rules and all that, but have not had the seed planted in them yet. Ek is jammer, maar you are not a Christian because you play the part or you go to church or you do good things. You have to be born of the seed of God. And that comes through faith. That comes through saying, Jesus, if it were not for you, I would look like all the other things we've read forever and ever. And then the word says, you will know if this has happened to you by the way you love one another. If you start loving people that you haven't loved before, if you start being motivated to give someone what they don't deserve and you don't even know why, you say, I have to help these people. If you start to forgive those you think were not worthy of forgiveness, you will know that the seed of God is living in you and is working in you. 1 John 3, 9 and 10 says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. This is how you know. Habitually sinning. Moving into it again and again and again and again. Thinking, oh, I'm just human. <laughs> no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. All the things we talked about in the beginning, all the goodness, all the love, everything that is God lives in you, abides in you, has been placed in you. Your DNA is changed into the DNA of God, your spiritual DNA. Yeah, still. For God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning. Because he has been born of God. You have changed. It's not who you are anymore. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> One reborn person in this place. <laughs> 
By this it is evident who are children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. I said it just now, but I'll say it again. Rebirth is not your ticket to heaven. <laughs> it's not what it's about. Let me put it that way differently. You can't go if you're not reborn. But that's not what it's about. It's not like God is saying, okay, you can come, you can come, you can come, you can come. That is not the purpose of rebirth. The purpose of rebirth is restoring God's creation in you. Restoring His image in you. So that you can represent Him to the world again. So that once again He can say to you, have dominion. And I trust you to be able to rule as the earth, um, as I would rule. I trust you to love people as I love people. I trust you that when people talk with you and meet with you and be with you, they see me and not the devil. That's the purpose of rebirth. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. In other words, it will not manifest around you. Two Corinthians five twenty one <clears throat> says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Image restored. When He made Adam and Eve, He made people who would be His righteousness on earth. Who would manifest His righteousness on earth. Who would be like He is. And then we took on sin. And the solution was God sent Christ and became our filth. All these things that we read, the evil things that come from the heart, that was on Christ. When the excitement of sin goes away, what play what, what, what were? Guilt, death, destruction. feebleness, weakness, all of that came onto Christ. Apart from the agony on the cross, like the physical pain, I think his heart must have been like heavy, 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 heavy feeling guilty, feeling like he doesn't belong in the kingdom of God. Darkness around him. The greatest, greatest depression must have been on his heart because that's the result of sin. He became that so that you and me can be transformed and become the righteousness of God so that our image can be restored so that we can now look in the mirror 
and not say, I am a sinner. But proclaim, I was a sinner. I was on my way to death and destruction. I was not worthy of anything good. I was not worthy of the presence of God. I was not worthy of representing Him. I was not worthy of looking like Him. I was not even worthy, like, like John said, to tie the sandals of His shoes or of his, on His feet. Like the disciples, who are we that you should wash our feet? And many of us still live with that thing, or that unworthiness. Because when we look at the mirror, we still do not see the righteousness. We still do not see what God has done for us. We still do not see the recreated value. We still see the old. For many years, this used to be my very favorite verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 16 and 17 says, From now on, therefore... We regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, when, yes, I'm asking the Lord to teach me this. I'm a credit nog nie reg nie. But I'm, man, I'm asking God, Lord, when I, as ek so staan en na jylle kyk, or when I meet people and when I, let me not consider them according to the flesh. Laat ek nie sien wat die aangaan nie. Och nie, jy daar uit nie so hard gekam vir oog nie, dit gaan sikker slecht. Kijk haar ouse kleren. Hy is seker maar, ek weet nie. Hy het seker sonde gedoen, het hy so lyk. Come on. But let us consider each other according to their created value. According to their recreated value. Someone stands in front of me when, when, when someone comes and, and share their struggles with us as a church. We, we need to do that. Peter says, says, repent your sins to one another. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. So when someone comes and confesses his sin to me, say, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling to that. I don't consider him according to his sinful deeds. I don't consider him according to the mistakes he makes. I consider him according to what Christ has done for him. I consider him according to his recreated value. Do you know what? That, that is not who you are, then I'll tell him. I know that these are the things that you're still struggling with, but that's not who you are. Let me remind you who God created you to be. Let me remind you that you are pure and you are holy and you are blameless in His sight because Christ has washed you clean from all your sins. Let me remind you that God recreated you to be like Him. And we walk together and we remind each other and we lift each other up. We don't consider each other according to the flesh, but... Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no more. Therefore, because we don't consider each other according to the flesh, this is how we consider each other. If anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. We just listened to a song just now from Leland. Maybe I should put it on. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. That thing should be a refrain in our hearts. <laughs> I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I've been born again. I've been born to look like God. I've been born to represent God. 
Hoekom hammer ek op dit? Why, why is this important to me? Because none of us will have the confidence and the ability and the freedom to come and to present what God is giving us to present to the church if we, start, if we don't stop feeling like I'm not allowed to or I can't or I've got nothing to give. This world is falling deeper and deeper and deeper into an identity crisis. Why? Because Satan knows if we start realizing who God made us to be, hy het moeilikheid. There's another reason why, because there's no role model That's right. That's right. So let's decide to start being role models. Let's decide to be a church where we represent the love of God. Where we represent to the world how God would move in this town. I'm a new creation. The old man is dead. There's a song, I don't know who sings it, I'm just thinking about it now. There's a girl who wrote a eulogy to herself. She wrote something for, her, for the funeral of her flesh. Because <laughs> she's a new creation. She put the old one to bed. That's not me anymore. When the enemy comes to you and says, oh, but you've always struggled with smoking or with this or sexual immorality or whatever, it's not me anymore. I'm a new creation. Romans 6 says, because we've been buried with Christ into baptism, we are raised with Him into newness of life. I'm a new creation. And the thing is, you manifest what you believe. Jy manifesteer wat jy gloe. If you believe you're a sinner, if you believe you'll always struggle with this, if you believe you are only human, that is what you will do. That is what will come out. So our challenge for this week is to start renewing our minds. I'm a new creation. I've been made to look like God. I've been made to create, uh, created to be like God. So let's respond to this. <clears throat> when I was thinking about this this morning, I realized that I can't finish this off without giving an opportunity. That if there's anybody who knows that they've maybe played the part they've They've done what they're supposed to do. They look the part, they, all that. But they have not been reborn, born of God. He's seed in them. They've not really, really, really taken to heart and believe what I've talked about now. That Christ has taken on their sin dealt with it, paid for it, and made them new. I want you to, to take the opportunity to respond to this. 
The word says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. So I want you to take the opportunity and to stand up and then we'll pray with you. So that you can be filled with the seed of the Lord. The word says we need to confess this with our hearts, with our mouths. We need to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we're making the Lord of our lives. And repent of our sin. And repent of your sin is basically just to turn around and away from it. Would you guys play, pray with me? And you can almost sound a bit more as a confirmation, reconfirmation. Holy Spirit, thank you for giving me life. Jesus, thank you for taking all my sin upon you. Not just my sin, but my sinfulness. Thank you that you, by your blood, washed me clean. Removing all things of the past. And presenting me to the Father. Holy and blameless and beyond reproach. I give my life to you. Live in me, Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways to the glory of God. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for planting your seed of godliness in me. I receive it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then there's something that a lot of us need to do is break covenant with the old man. We need to, to explore pretty much, but this is important. We need to break covenant with the flesh and not allow the flesh to rule over our lives anymore. You've got to, this is something that's really important in the journey. And it's something that I do a lot as I speak to my flesh and say, you will not call the shots in my life. I will not, you cannot make me do anything. (laughs) And walk and come into the covenant of love with Jesus Christ. To come and, 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 and once again in marriage we talk about leaving and cleaving. (laughs) You've got to leave the old man and cleave to Christ. You can't have both. You can't cleave to the flesh and to Christ. You've got to leave the flesh behind. And that is by baptism. Break the covenant. It's a sign of you breaking off with the old flesh and deciding to walk in newness of life and walk in the Spirit. And if you want to be baptized, I want to encourage you to come and give us your names. This, this year is no lacquer. Yeah. So it's a good time now to be baptized in the sea. And if you don't want the sea, we can organize a pool. 
All right. So, uh, amen. <laughs>